0: This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. Well, what a morning to be in the house. Are you grateful to be in the house this morning? I am, I tell you. I woke up this morning and you know, oh, it's down. You know, you get those mornings sometimes where Guys, I have it. Where you think to yourself, "Oh my life, why do I serve Jesus? <laughs> because last night, my father can vouch for this. We were all, let's watch a film. Within two minutes, and the dad, two minutes, fast asleep. Fast asleep. I thought, I've fallen asleep, yeah. Quarter to ten it was. Right. I don't think I've been to bed at 10 o'clock since I was about 14 years of age. But that is literally how tired I am after this week. And yesterday we had the most fantastic um, kids fun day and I said to uh, Victoria the family fun day I said I have a new level of respect for every parent when we do these events I was shattered we had kids running everywhere it was wild and it was also so fantastic that we got to connect with so many different families it was fantastic um, but nevertheless we're here And I really believe that what God has put on my heart this morning and just the whole morning leading up to it is just a confirmation to me of what God has put in my heart to communicate to you guys today. So um, I hope this blesses your world and um, I hope this challenges but encourages you, um, does the word that we have this morning. Amen? Amen? Fantastic. Right. Let's just dive straight in. I'm preaching this morning. if I can uh, have the verse up, please um, Lee, do we just love Lee for all she does? love her so faithful. The verse that today is Romans twelve one to two and it's in the message version now I know it's not a literal translation, all of you theologists, um, but I just love how the message is so real in terms of how it speaks um, and so I am going to speak from it. Don't usually like it when people do, but hey, I'm going against myself this morning. So please bear with me. It says this. It says, place your life before God. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. It then goes on to say this. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you. And he develops a well-formed maturity in you you. Let's pray real quick before we jump into this. Thank you, Jesus, that you're a God that wants to develop us, a God that wants to grow us, a God that wants to see our inmost parts of our life, of our heart, of our soul. You're a God that is so present. God, that you are omniscient, omnipresent. God, you are there. Wherever we turn, you are there. And we thank you that you're a God that invests in us, that while we were still sinners, you sent your son to die and invest in us. So God, we thank you. And we ask you this morning to bless our hearts and bless our minds as we hear this word. God, we thank you for your word, Lord. And God, we just ask this morning that you would be so present in this. Thank you, Jesus. Amen Amen. and amen. Now, woke up the other day, as you do (laughs) in the morning, woke up and I got out of bed and I'm a person that every single morning, bar I do my bed. Because for me, I'm like, if I've done my bed, I've achieved something that day. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're coming home then to a lovely bed, and there's pillows for days, right? I'm all about the pillows. But I always do my bed, and my room, most of the time, is super clean, right? Because I just that's how I live. And one morning, I closed my bedroom door, and I was a bit proud of myself, and I took a picture of my bedroom being so clean, and I posted to Instagram, I was like, woo, love my room, it's so good, like, all that kind of stuff. And then I shut the door, and then I walked down the the hallway, because I have to pass every single bedroom before I get down to the front door, (laughs) right? That's our house. So here I go, walk past. And I look at Sarah's room, mess. Fionn's room, mess. Mum and Dad's room, full of our mess. Down to the kitchen and out I go. And as I was driving into to work, I began thinking about like, how weird is that? That everyone's room was kind of a bit of a reflection of them. Of my room. I'm quite a clean person. <laughs> Bear with me. Bear with me. I'm not saying Sarah's a dirty person. But what I am saying is... My room is mostly clean. Sarah's room, it depends what kind of week she's having. And you can tell what kind of week she's having by the state of her room. So you can tell if she's been to hockey. You can tell if she's had a busy week at netball. You can tell if she's had a busy week at school. But you can also tell when Sarah's had nothing on because her room is spotless. (laughs) And it's fantastic. And then you go through and you see Fionn's room. And Fionn's room, football kit. Football boots, shin pads, and it smells of just football. <laughs> and I love it, but it does. And quite often, we shut the door and we just, because the hallway begins to smell, so we just shut the door and we ignore it, and that's that. And then you go past there, my parents' room is full of all of us tidying up. Now, what that looks like is, girls, can you do me a favor? Can you just, like, take your stuff upstairs, please, and, like, you know, get, get it out the kitchen. I don't want to see it. Yeah, no problem, ma'am. Grab all the stuff and dump it on her bed. (laughs) That's what we do. That is us cleaning up, right? And then we go down to the lounge. And that, again, depends who's home. If Fionn's home, you'll just see crisp wrappers on the couch. Everywhere, crisp wrappers. If Sarah's home, you'll see schoolwork. She's so good like that, guys. She's so good. Just schoolwork. If it's me, candle wax. (laughs) I'm not telling you a word of a lie. Candle wax. If it's dad, you'll just see a remote. That's all you will see is a remote. And if it's my mother, it's usually a cup of white tea. And those of you who know my mother know, just on the floor, just there. So you can tell who has been around based on what's there. And I just began thinking about, wow, how similar is that to the way that we live our life in that sometimes we have areas of our life that reflect different things. Because to build a house, I think you need four specific rooms that without that you would have a bit of a different house. You need a kitchen to cook. You need a bathroom to wash, because God help us if we don't have a bathroom. You need a bedroom to rest and sleep in. And you need a living room because you don't want people coming over and then, hey, let's go chill in my bathroom because I haven't got a lounge. And you need those important things. And I just began thinking about, wow, like how similar is that to like how we live our life in terms of we have loads of different areas within us, or at least we should that we are then to give as an offering to God. And I began thinking about this concept of our life as a house. And you'll have to bear with me, guys, because that's kind of what I'm going to speak about, because I'm a girl, I'm... I'm really creative in the way I think, and so that's how God speaks to me, and so I am having to put that on you this morning. So we're going to have to use a bit of a metaphor when I talk about a house, because I'm not actually going to judge you on the cleanliness of your house this morning, but I am going to ask you a couple of questions about the cleanliness of your soul this morning, using that as like a metaphor. Does that make sense? You with me? Great. So let's talk about the kitchen, right? Now, the kitchen, if this was YBC, we'd be like, what's in the kitchen? Way, way, way!" But I'm not going to get you doing that. Don't worry. But a kitchen is a place where you eat and where you prepare what you're going to eat. The kitchen is a place where you'll chop up your carrots, you put them in the oven, and hey, we're ready to go. But it's also a place where you pop open that microwave meal, whack it in the thing, and popty ping, is all done. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's, but it's a place, ultimately, where you're going to prepare your food. So let me ask you this morning in regards to your soul, what are you feeding yourself? What are you giving yourself? Because this week I made my father crispy duck, crispy aromatic duck with hoisin sauce and wraps. Right? That is what I made my dad. But see how impressive that sounds? Let me tell you how long it took me. Took it out the fridge. Bang, 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 bang. Thank you to Tesco for providing it. In it goes, 30 seconds. Grab the wraps. In they go, 30 seconds, one minute. Dad, your food's ready. Like. <laughs> but the thing is, is that if I continued to eat ping food, as we call it in our house, all the time, we would become unhealthy. If we neglected the veg and neglected the fruit, we would become unhealthy. And it's the same when you look at your life. When you feed yourself with unhealthy things, your life then begins to become unhealthy. If you keep eating chocolate, which I love, all of your life, your teeth will begin to rot. Just like when you consume things that are not good for you, you will begin to rot. Your soul will begin to rot if you don't give it what it needs. What is that, you ask? (laughs) Now, Job. Job twenty three twelve. he says that he treasures the words of the Lord more than his daily bread. Now, the word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword, the Bible says, but it also describes the word of the Lord as our food, as our daily bread. And, you know, even the Bible talks about, you know, the importance of the word of God, because if you don't fill yourself with the word of God, when life comes at you, you have no defense. When life comes at you, you have no sword to slice those things down with. And so the struggle is is that when you're in the midst of bad circumstances sometimes that's not the time that you want to be whacking out your bible and you're like oh gosh i i just wish i knew a truth and i just wish i knew a promise to get me through this but if we're so clued up and we're so fed already by the word of god that when life happens we've got kit does that make sense we've got kit and so Let me just ask you that again this morning. Like, what are you feeding yourself? Is it healthy? Is it good for you? Is it stuff that will sustain you and grow you and will make you healthy? Or is it stuff that actually just gets you by? That just sustains you for a short period? Because you can have all the microwave meals in the world, but you'll still be hungry by 6 o'clock if you ate it at 4. It doesn't fill you like a roast in (laughs) the wood. So that's the kitchen. What are you feeding yourself? We've then got the bathroom. Bathroom, probably the messiest place in everyone's house. But the bathroom is a place where we get refreshed. We come in dirty in the morning after you've sweated in bed in those summer heat skies, let's be real. You get up in the morning, you go to your shower, you shower, you brush your teeth. I hope you brush your teeth. You brush your teeth and then you begin your day. For me, I can't do anything without brushing my teeth. I can't have a cup of tea. I can't do, oh, I can't do nothing without brushing my teeth. Don't know why. It's just me. But what I want to ask you this morning is where do you get refreshed? Do you allow God to purify you? Do you allow God to cleanse your soul and cleanse your mind and purify your heart? One of my favorite verses in Psalms is where David talks, create in me the purest heart, renew in me a steadfast soul. Do you allow God to purify your you? Do you allow God to create in you the purest heart and the steadfast soul? Do you take yourself off and be intentional about like, God, take away anything from me that is unhealthy. Take away anything from me that is not of you. And it's hard and it's horrible because what you end up getting is all the bad stuff that you're feeling, you begin feeling and you're like, oh my gosh, God, like, I didn't want to do this. And you have to ask for forgiveness for things that sometimes you don't want to ask forgiveness for but that is all the process that God calls us to of purifying ourselves of cleansing ourselves do you do that because the thing is with showering is you can get away with one day without a shower you can get away with sometimes two because the power of deodorant and dry shampoo which I only discovered like last year Dry shampoo guys is the one. And so you can begin to cover up sometimes those bad smells that we have. You can cover them up but only so much. Can you do that and it's the same if you don't look after your soul. If you don't ask God to purify your heart, if you don't ask him on a daily to cleanse you, you will begin to smell. And not in a way that people will be able to physically smell you, but in a way that people will know there's something not right. You can spot when someone isn't right with God a mile off. And we think we can hide it. We do. We think we can hide it, but we can't. We can for maybe a little while, but we can't live a life where we don't often go to God and say, God, if there is anything in me, take it out. How clean is your soul this morning? Then we've got the bedroom. Love my bedroom, as I just said earlier. (laughs) The place where you leave from and you go home to, a place of rest, but also it's a place of intimacy. The bedroom. The place where for me, I come home from my day, I put my sweats on because everyone knows that you cannot chill in jeans. It's just not the one. I put my sweats on and then I will sometimes sit on my bed and I'll just be there. And I'll just sit on my bed and I'll just chill. Or in the evenings, I'll light my candles and I'll just be in my room because that is my safe place. That is my space. No one comes in there without knocking. No one comes in there without asking, hey, do you mind if I come in a minute? No one barges into my room and starts shouting at me because that is my safe space. And that is the kind of culture we have in our house of you knock if you want to come in because this is where my space is. So let me ask you this this morning, do you have that with God? Do you have that place of rest and intimacy that you escape to on a daily if you can? Because what I often find is that it's this part of our relationship with God that goes first. We pray because, oh, Lord, I need you, I need you. So, yeah, let's keep praying. And, you know, you pray to go to work or whatever. And, you know, you'll communicate with God. But actually sitting in his presence, resting in his presence, having that intimacy with Jesus is usually the first thing to go. Because, oh, i got kids, so i I got I to see to my kids. Or, oh, I'm late for work and, you know, I'm rushing around because I've got to be at church and I've got to be there and I've got to be at work. And life goes so, so fast sometimes that that intimacy and that rest that we need with Jesus goes. Jesus himself often took himself off away from the disciples, right? When he could have been with them every single moment of every single day, pumping into them, gearing them up, encouraging them, teaching them. He could have done that. This whole time he was on the earth, but he didn't. Why? Because Jesus even understood the importance of taking yourself off and having one to one with the Father. Because yes. right. 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 we need it. And we think that we don't. And we think that, you know, because we come to church on a Sunday, hey, thank you, Jesus, like, let's go, woohoo, filled up for the week now. We think that that's all that we need. But actually, to have real intimacy with Jesus is what sustains you when things goes pear shape. Right. That intimacy, that rest in him, because peace is a gift, but just like a gift, you've got to go and receive it. If you're not making room in your life to go and receive your peace, how are you going to expect to have it in a storm? And this is the biggest thing that we as Christians, I, on a regularly miss this out this intimacy and this rest with Jesus because there's so many important pressing things to do but then I can't complain with Jesus where are you when I'm in a storm when I haven't taken time out to receive what he's got for me it's all right going yeah Jesus 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 pray 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 but if we're not sitting and resting in him and saying hey God how about you speak for a change If we're not having those moments, then how can we expect to get given dreams and get given words and get given promises for our lives if we're not carving that time out for it, the rest and the intimacy? Do you have that place in you and in your life, physically as well? Do you have that? Then we got the living room. Love a living room. Love a living room. I love interior design. And it's one of my favorite rooms ever to decorate. It's the best. I love a living room. Mostly because I'm 98% extrovert. So (laughs) I love having people in my house. I love having people around. Every Sunday, James and Aileen will be there in my living room, hanging out. Because that's just the person I am. Love having people around. Living room. So your living room of your life, your place where you have your friendships, where you host people in that special place in your heart, right? What does that look like? Because there's that saying, isn't it? So show me your friends, show me your future. I think it's more like show me your friends, show me you. Because your friends don't necessarily dictate your future, but what they do dictate is the person that you are now. The people that you do life with are incredible influencers in your life. They can lead you to great places, but they can lead you to bad places. They can be a good influence. They can be a bad influence. So your friends, who are they in your life? Are they people that build you up, that encourage you, that tell you about the things of God, that call you out on things that need to be called out? Or are they people that, hey, you just hang out with and they let you do what you want to do, and it's just, it's all chill, and ah, they don't mind, and you know, like, we have that, don't we, we have those friends that, you know, you get up to mischief with, and, but it's okay, because we're in the same boat, and let's sin together, no one will know, yeah, like, you know, we have that, and we invite that into our life, and so then, how can we then ask God, God, why do I feel so distant from you, it's like, mm, check your friends, mate, you know? Like Jesus, he had his disciples, but he had close friends in Mary and Martha and Lazarus, like close, tight-knit friends. They probably shared their struggles together. They probably spoke about the plans of God together. They probably prayed together. Those are the friends that will sustain you. Those are the friends that will help you out in storms, in difficult situations. They're the friends that you need. If you don't have that... That's okay, but what is bad is when you have friends that will pull you down, friends that will speak bad about you, friends that will not support you, friends that are not for you, and they're quite often hard to notice because most of that stuff happens when you're not around. But you can tell a friend that is a faithful friend a mile off because they're the first to call. They're the first to come and see you. They're the first to ask if you're okay. They're the first to sack off their plans because you're more important right now. Those are friends that we should be surrounding ourselves with. And you know, it's, it's mad because I've been on this crazy journey recently of really discovering what it means to have true, real friendship. I've Even gone to degrees sometimes where, yeah, we're friends, but you're only allowed this close to me. Like, yeah, I'll hang out with you, but I'm going to keep you at arm's length. Because there are some people, and they're allowed in your life by all means. But we have to be wise and smart in guarding our hearts with some of these things. And keeping some people at arm's length. Because you don't need to cry and tell your stories to everyone. And I think sometimes as believers, as Christians, we get into this camp of where we have to love all. And we have to be kind and we have to spread this love. And then it comes to a place where, actually, I'm telling you things right now that I don't want you to know. Oh, And we get into this muddled place of, I'm not sure if we're friends. What are we? Because you know things that I don't really want you to know. And we get in this awkward place where we then have this obligation. And it gets really messy. Why? Because we cannot differentiate sometimes who's actually good for us. But again, that only comes from spending time with God and understanding what he wants for us. That's only when our discernment side of us will begin to grow, where we can begin to recognize who is good for me. What friends do I actually need in my life? Are they people that take advantage or are they people that give advantage? Are they people that help you or are they people that you are constantly helping and getting nothing back? Who do you do life with? Mm -hmm. I've gone even as far sometimes as unfollowing people on social media because it's too much for me. And yet, if something went wrong, I'd be there. And yet, that's fine, like I'll hang out with you when you wanna hang out, but actually I don't like what you post Mm -hmm. because it does something in me. And if I am called as a woman of God to guard my heart, to be the best I can be, to reflect Jesus, don't really want that in my life. And we need to eliminate that fear of upsetting people sometimes. We need to eliminate that fear of what will they think sometimes because actually you need to do what's best for you. Right. If you are going to go on to be a strong person in God, you need to know what's good. Yeah. And sometimes that looks like love you but yeah. And I don't mean you go to tell them, <laughs> not at all, whoa, no. But what I do mean is just like, have a bit of wisdom about you in the way that you conduct your relationships. But this is the thing is that we have all of this within the compounds of our house, of who we are. And what often happens is for work or for church or for social occasions, we leave our house, we shut our door, And we go on to our day and then we come back, we open the door, we get back in and we close it. And what most of us sometimes do is we leave Jesus knocking at the front door. Because what we sometimes do is we live that life within the roof of who we are and we live it out. But what we don't do sometimes is we don't invite Jesus in. We don't invite Jesus into our secret place. We don't invite Jesus into our friendships. We don't invite Jesus into our times where we're together. We don't invite Jesus into our life because sometimes it's easier for him to not see the mess. You know, I love those friends, right? We've all got them. But when you turn up to their house, uninvited, it's a mess, but then, when you go to their house, when it is invited, there's candles. There's everything is like they are waiting for you. Like let's hands up if you're those people. Like let's just see. Like honestly my house believe it or not is a bit like that so literally you know when someone's come in because mom's got the brush out and there's girls come on this is happening this is happening and like new year's was the worst right it's the worst because we invite people to our home over new years and it literally is me fiona and sarah spring cleaning the lot candles in the toilet you've got everything everywhere because we're preparing for people but the thing is with Jesus is he's just waiting because he's like let me help you with that mess let me help you clean that room let me help you turn around some of that stuff but what we do is we keep him out because it's easier It's easier for me to just bang on the microwave meals and just eat what will get me by and see me through my day. It's easier for me to just hang out with people that make me feel good rather than call me out. Jesus, it's easier if you just stay there. And then what happens is we become those people then where bad news. (gasps) Hey, Jesus, come on in. Right? We become those people that we're like, okay, God, I know you've been knocking for about three months now, but now I need you. So come on in. Let me make you a cup of tea. Let's talk about this. That is how sometimes we live our life. And Jesus, in his grace, oh, my gosh, in his grace, he just keeps knocking, hoping that one day we will open the door. Every single day. Knock, knock, knock. Knock, knock, knock. Knock, knock, knock. Hoping that one day Karis will open the door and let me come in and help her in that area of her life. He don't st- doesn't stop knocking. But without knowing sometimes, we give him the boot. Yeah. Me and my sister, like sometimes if we have friends over, it's not cool to have your little sister around. <laughs> and you do, don't you? Sometimes you say, oh, c- can you just like not be here? Oh, Sarah, go play in your room. One time, guys, we had a party. We locked her in her room with the dogs. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true, it's true, we did. Why, because it's not cool sometimes to have your little sister knocking about your party when you're getting up to no good. It's Surrealness. But it's the same with Jesus sometimes. <laughs> don't quite think my dad knew that, but that's fine. But we sometimes subconsciously do that with Jesus because it's not cool to have Jesus on a night out. Because it's not cool to have Jesus at a work event. It's not cool to have Jesus knocking about in our life everywhere. It's not cool, it's not glamorous to be that person that says, actually, if I have one more drink, I'll be over the edge. Actually, I can't go to that place because I really struggle with this in my life. And actually, I can't go here and I can't do this. It's not cool to take Jesus on the ride of life with you. But what's not cool is crying yourself to sleep at night and not knowing the fullness of God. What's not cool is living in a place where you don't need to be living in because you haven't got Jesus with you. What's not cool is having this cycle of failure and this cycle of, I don't know my plan. I don't know where I'm going. That's not cool either. And what Jesus does is he just keeps on knocking. And he's like, one day, one day. And I know for some of you, you have and you've let Jesus come into your life and you're like, yeah, like, I love you. You've changed my life around. But we still sometimes boot him out. Is he the Lord of all? I don't know who says it, but they say, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. When I heard that, I was like, whoa. (laughs) That's intense. But it's true. And this verse in Romans, it talks about that. It talks about taking your everyday, your sleeping, your eating, your walking around life and submitting it as an offering to God. Do you know that your life is an offering this morning? Do you know that you are worship? (laughs) Everything you do for the glory of God is for worship. So, Where are you taking that? What are you doing with that? I want James to just jump up because quite often we don't take that time to just go, okay, God, like, thank you for that Sunday. Let me just go. Get on with your day because your dinner's cooking. But in this moment today, like, before we go back in and before we finish the service and do all of that kind of stuff that we do when we end the church I just want to take a couple of minutes to just rest to just be like God like where are you in my life do I boot you out when it seems fit do I bring you in when I need you is he Th- your God like in every sphere of your life from what you consume is it godly from who, you know where do you go and clean yourself like where do you refresh yourself in him do you do that like your friend circles like who do you allow to speak into your life because that's ultimately what it is do you have that intimacy and that rest time with Jesus and so just in this moment, like, let's just bow our heads for one minute and just, like, be. Because I think life can get so crazy and manic and you, like I said, you hear words and then you don't even reflect on it maybe until, oh, yeah, I remember that one person said that that one time. <laughs> so here and now, just, yeah, just be. Be.